Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in. It's not Mackie and Judd. Rather, it's Conduits of Trouble. We do this once a week. Zolgad and uh, my good buddy, Star Tribune sports columnist, Chip Scoggins. What's up, sir? What is happening? Uh, a lot, actually, a lot. Let's start. Let's start with where you spent Sunday afternoon, at Lambeau Field, Packers Vikings. Um, how surprised were you by the fact that that I think we all thought in watching the Packers that we we would be watching a pretty good football team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they look great in Week One here. Um, I guess my most just really astounding fact to me from. That game, and look, to the Vikings' credit, Dalvin was marvelous, and they did play pretty well game plan-wise and scheme-wise. Um, the Packers tackling, what yeah. the hell is going on? Yeah, I didn't realize they were that bad defensively, and I don't know if the, where they rank, you know, total defense, scoring defense, all that. I know the Packers' offense going into that game was number two, so I don't know if it's a situation where, I don't know if they're as bad as Seattle, but is is Aaron Rodgers and much like Russell Wilson, does he cover up a lot of warts on defense? But that tackling, they were awful. They were yeah. atrocious. I don't. I, it just felt like they were uh, grasping at air a lot of times as Dalvin ran by him. So, um, you know, I know that a lot of talk out of there was they need another wide receiver, but and they need some some defenders too because that was that was that was poor. Now, I don't know if that was indicative of how they played all season. I haven't watched them every game, but that right. was, that was a poor effort. I was shocked. I, I mean, they they looked incompetent, um, and and it, it does bring me to this point. And, and I thought this going into the year, and then the Packers got off to that great start. And I thought I might have been wrong in retrospect. I don't think I, I was. Um, the division is not atrocious. Like the East is atrocious. Okay, yeah, it, correct. It's just a, a cesspool. Um, the the North is not atrocious, but the North is also, in reality, not that good. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yep. You know, I mean, you have, uh, you know, Rogers is just going to, um, because he's still so good, is going to cover up a lot, right? And so, but I mean, the Bears, how good are they? You know, and the Lions are the Lions. You know, so um, I would say it's okay at best. Um. I guess you'd still say the Packers are going to win it, probably, unless it, things completely fall apart for them. I'm curious to see how they play tonight, Judd. And this is Thursday. We're taking this on Thursday. Yep. Short week, and Niners are shorthanded because of injuries. Um, do they go out there and bounce back and win, or do they go out there and lose, and then things start to spiral on them? I'm, I'm curious to see. You know, Obviously, 
Thursday night being being the road team and having to fly halfway across country is not ideal. But um, that's that loss should have got their attention. I don't know if they overlooked the Vikings, but or the Vikings were just a better team because of Dallas that day. But that should have been a wake up call for them, I would think. Yes, and and I, I do find it to be intriguing that this game between San Fran and Green Bay is going to be played in spite of the fact that both teams have basically had COVID outbreaks. Mm-hmm. This this now answers the question, will you cancel games? The league's response is absolutely not. And I, I think now they're becoming more and more afraid because the buys are going away as well, Chipper, to delay yeah. games. Because if you had any interest in a quality product, right, mm-hmm. with, with the amount of guys that, that the Packers and San Fran are going to be missing, there is no way on mm-hmm. God's green earth that you play this game. And they no. basically said, oh, no, no, you don't get it. This is primetime programming on Fox. We don't care. We don't care if, if it's XFL against uh, Alliance of American football players. We're playing tonight's game. Move aside, boys. Yeah, they, they show no interest whatsoever to, to mess with the schedule. And, you know, a lot of that is because of just the, the rhythm of the schedule and, and the, how it sets up for playoffs and all that. A lot of it's probably TV. But what is the – it's weird, Jed, because we've seen – you know, a number of college games get tested. But it seems like the outbreaks on college teams are a lot more significant, obviously, or or a higher number than what we see in the NFL. What's the most that we've seen from an NFL team? Like a handful, five, six? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, you look at, like, like the Badgers. They have 27, is that what the last count was? I mean, obviously, you can't play a game when you have, uh, I think it's 24, with the number of the coaching staff out, too. But, um yeah, it would be interesting to see what would the threshold have to be for the NFL to say, okay, this game just cannot be played like in terms of numbers. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I just think that we are to the point now, and baseball, I think, eventually came to the same conclusion, Chipper. I think these leagues, professional leagues, have gotten to the point of saying the finish line's right there, so let's mm-hmm. hit that line. And they almost, like, they're they're not... It's not that they won't um, quarantine players or coaches, but we are to a point now where where because the year has been so weird that I think they're to the point of saying we will do whatever we have to do to get this game played, and we almost now don't care who has to play the game. Yeah, and it's, there's, it's kind of just a general understanding. Is you're going to be missing some key players, but guess what? At some point, everybody's probably going to be in that situation this year, so we're not going to, you know, start moving, messing with the schedule and doing, uh, you know, moving games and, and postponing games and doing all that and try to find if you can feel to buy here. Because <clears throat> as soon as you start doing that, it, it just leads to a bunch of dominoes. Yeah. And, and it's like it becomes overwhelming trying to massage the schedule. So I think you're right. I think they just said, Whoever you got, that's who you're lining up with. <laughs> you yep. Know, you're playing that night. Yep. If you've got uh, Cousins, Mannion, we don't care. Just go play. <laughs> Just hey, go play. So, Chipper, um, now, obviously, to go back to Sunday's game, Dalvin Cook was phenomenal and had yeah. just a great day. And I I was shocked that they used him that much, but he didn't get hurt, and he played great. Do you think what we saw on Sunday – which to me was Zim's ideal offensive game plan. Yeah. Do you think what you saw there 
is sustainable. Do you think be, be, because no. Kirk throwing 14 passes, and, and I know that you know the wind definitely played a factor, but Kirk throwing 14 passes to me is something that Zim probably loved. But I do look at that and say, I don't think that you can do this on a weekly basis. Now, would Mike try? He might. Yeah. But w- would he succeed? No. I mean, at some point, you're, you're going to be down by 17 points or something sure, like that. Yeah. No, I, I, that's not that's not a realistic game plan. It was realistic for that day because of the win. And I do think that, because then even said um, they would have liked to have done a lot more play action with Dalvin rolling like that. And it's just they didn't feel good about it because of the win. Um you you can't bank on as great as Dalvin is. You can't bank on a historic performance every time he takes the field. You know? Why not? <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, and so no, it has to be it has to be a lot more balanced than that. And, and I don't think that's something that they. Now I do think, um, the 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 snapshot in terms of ball control, don't turn the ball over, don't be risky passes. I, I think that's absolutely what Zimmer dreams of. Um, I mean, he's talked about Cousins' turnovers ad nauseum this, this year and has driven him crazy. Um, but you can't – your quarterbacks have to throw the ball more than 14 times. Yeah. Again, because eventually somebody's going to do something to, to stop Dalvin, whether it's put eight, you know, extra guys up there or whatever. Um, so, no, I don't think that that's sustainable, but I don't think it's far off from what Zimmer would like. Um, but here's a question for you, Judley. When you watch Dalvin – Yep. You rethink your position? Uh no, because at this oh, at this Charlie, how at, do you say that? Because at this rate, he's going to get hurt again. I I don't I just don't look if if this guy was durable, um, as all get out and didn't get hurt, I would say you know what, I rethought it. But Chip, at the rate that they, I mean, he had thirty two touches against mm-hmm. the Packers. If you continue to do this. He's going to grab that groin again or something else and miss time. And and so, look, but to be clear here, he is a marvelous talent. He is a marvelous player. So, like, I am in no way, shape, or form trying to um, put him down because I love what he brings. And when he is going like like he was against the Packers, it's incredibly fun to watch. Um, but I just I just know that with what the way that Mike wants to use Dalvin – that he's going to get him hurt again at this rate. What would their record? Let's say, let's say, all things considered, and Madison was your your running back. Yep. I mean, this offense would not even look remotely the same, would it? No, no. And you know what? It would allow me the opportunity to do draft a quarterback, quarterback high. <laughs> Go get your quarterback. Exactly right. So you're saying it's not so much about the running back as it is the quarterback. And that's yes. the whole thing is. <laughs> if you have a unique talent, pay him. It's not that Dalvin's overpaid; it's your quarterback's overpaid. Yes, and you shouldn't have brought Anthony Barr. And so I, I've been all along that I think thank you. They should give Dalvin the, the contract. And we disagree on that. I, I think if you have a talent that that is a player that his talent is that unique and that special, you you have to pay him. And so I I don't have one issue at all with them what they did with Dalvin. It's more, you know. They're in cap hell because they paid the quarterback too much. You know, I have a problem with the fact that the puzzle has been put together wrong. Sure, sure. that's my problem. Yes, but it, but but if I'm hearing you right, it's not so much a Dalvin issue that. Yeah, I know you, you don't like paying a running back that much. Um, right, but it, but it's you know should they have brought back Anthony Barr? 
It's the tr- no, right? It, it, it's look. This this life in general is full of choices, right? It's full of choices. And when you chose um, to give Kirk the initial contract in 2018, and then which I supported, which I more supported. and exactly, and more importantly, then extended him in March, you made choices that I don't think allow you then to pay Dalvin. I don't think, and you are right. When, when Anthony Barr walked out that door, the Vikings should have said, Anthony, we appreciate you. Thank you, but you are not coming back. Um, so yeah, if they were not, if they had not elected to extend Kirk, which I know gave them uh, some cap relief back in March, but if they had elected not to do that, then the Dalvin thing to me, I might fundamentally disagree a bit, but I get the choices but to me, the Vikings are like having, um, they're having appetizers, a full meal, a huge meal, and then they're like, bring on dessert. And it's like, well, at some point in time, you're just too fat. <laughs> or you're out of money. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. But that, yes, that's my, my, my grand point is about the choices that you've made. And you can't tie up as much as they are on a marginal quarterback with the cap and then just be like, but, and we're also going to pay this guy and that guy and this guy, and it's going to be fine. Eventually, you pay the price. Yeah, and that's, I just find it funny that, you know, when Dalvin gets hurt, that the narrative is, see, you can't, he's injury prone, you can't, you know, commit that kind of money to a, to a running back in today's NFL. But then when you watch Dalvin when he's on the field and like Sunday and other games, you're like, man, this guy, where would they be without him? And he's their best player. And it's like, no, it's, there's, you know, it seems like there's competing narratives there, you know, but I, but I go back to it's, it's not him. It's, it's the other, as you hundred percent right decisions they made elsewhere that, that um, are the issue. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, because Dalvin is a great player. Like I just don't I don't want this I don't want this to turn into I hate Dalvin Cook I think oh, no 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 yeah. Dalvin Cook is marvelous to to watch um, the fact he gets hurt concerns me hey uh, so we're we're going to see a couple uh, ex Vikes come back on Sunday yeah Griffin comes back and after being traded by Dallas to Detroit and he did not play against the Colts and then Adrian Peterson okay let's start with Peterson. To me, Chip Scoggins, this has now entered the sad stage, which is where yeah. I didn't want this to get. This is exactly what I said. But I believe since he left the Vikings, he's now on Team 4. Um, I believe that he carried something like uh, five times for seven yards against the Colts Sunday. This is him, 35. He can't quit. He won't quit. <laughs> and just from a clarity standpoint, my sadness about this is born out of the fact that when we covered this guy for an extended period, Chipper, yeah. he was marvelous, a Hall of Fame talent. Yeah. This is exactly what I feared. He's now broken down, continues to try and play, and and I'm sorry, but I think that if you are a football fan, there is no way that this does not at least um, change your perception to a certain degree of Peterson because he won't let go. I bet if you still asked him, he, he thinks he could rush for 1,500 yards, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, we know he always set those goals, and, and, you know, it is. I mean, you hate to see him, you know, jump from team to team and getting cut um, and it just not working out and um, having an occasional explosive run, but then a lot of uh, runs where he just does not – you know, he looks like a shell of himself. He's not the Adrian that we, we know. And yeah, it's, it's, 
it is hard when you see an athlete in person week after week like we did perform at the level that was just, you know, like you said, Hall of Fame. And then you see the twilight and it's just not, not the same player. And so it'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, obviously he's going to be motivated as all heck uh, on Sunday. Sure. But, you know, I guess that defense maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's it, – I don't know that you're going to see, you know – I mean, how much this? I keep thinking this is going to be the last team he's on, and maybe it won't be. Maybe he'll keep trying to come back and get one year deals, you know, other places. But yeah, um, well, you know, you can't outrun Father Time, right? As, as great as he is, you can't outrun that. No, and I mean, he was just so damn good, and and you could see this coming uh, for years now. But and I, to your point, you're right. There's going to be games where he breaks off runs, and you think yourself that was once a great back but i do think the fact at that position too chip i think that's a position where you do have a collection of guys who couldn't or wouldn't quit and it just Mm -hmm. becomes really sad um smith was one heck go back to oj oj couldn't walk away and it was like this guy was great and peterson and and i i think watching Guys at that position literally break down, but they can't find mm-hmm. it within in themselves to walk away. Yeah. It's a really, really sad thing in sports. Well, and that's the one position where you can really see the, you know, when you hit the cliff, right? Yeah. I mean, other, you know, you're maybe not focusing on offensive guard as much as you would, you know. Um, I think cornerback too, probably running back or corner and corner, right, are the two positions where you say, boy that's not even the same player we used to watch. And it's probably with their legs, you know, I mean, that's the first thing it goes, I would think. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's that position, the, the, you know, the ego, that it, and not saying ego in a bad way, but just um, that, you know, a lot of running backs think that they're, um, you know, invincible or they can keep doing it for at a high level, even if their body's saying they can't mm-hmm. and, the, and the production is saying that they're, you know, they can't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does not surprise me though, uh, that Adrian's still hanging on and keep, and, no. and, and, I mean, just having spent as much time around him as we did and, and how competitive he was. I mean, even when he was getting later, when every year he thinks he could run for 2,500 yards, we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, I know, <laughs> you know, we just kind of laugh, but it was like, I think he generally believed that, you know, and so who was it? Was it Flip? It always says your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, and then with Adrian, maybe that's what it is: is like his competitiveness and his belief in himself um, makes him keep going on. And you know, if, if if it doesn't work out here, I bet he'll still want to continue playing next year somewhere. I bet you that that uh, to your point just now, I bet you he tries to play till. 40 which would be five more years and i don't think the teams i don't think the teams will continue uh to sign him for it that long but i bet you that he tries to play till at least 40 which is really really sad but yeah, you're it, right about him is it and i know there's a financial component to this so I'm, I'm not being naive about that but yeah true. Is, is there is there a big stat that he's chasing <laughs> yes in his mind you know well, what it is? Realistically. No, but realistic. Chip, I don't think he's realistic. Wow. Yeah. I don't think he is. He I mean, I mean, he kept talking about that stat. I, I look, I think what you think and I think 
is is realistic and what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think in his mind, he still believes if I am used correctly, I, I want to watch him uh, during series when he's not in the game and the Lions have the ball on Sunday. I want to watch him on the sideline. I bet you he's in Bevel's ear or somebody's oh, ear. Sure. Put me in. I can do this. I can do that. So how many, Jeff, yeah. I, have my, I haven't Crazy. looked at the stats and I have my computer. with how many, how many carries does he get in a game? Let me look up the stats right now because he had I I want to say in week one against the Bears he had ninety seven yards and I think he's had one game since then where he had seventy five and besides that it's not good I'll check well, it out here Hold. yeah the Bears one I know I saw a clip and he broke off one of those famine you know, famine feast yeah it was a famine famine feast run and he got the feast um, it was like a thirty yard or something and and you know. It, it, you know, you see those judges like, ah, he still has something there. He still has that burst, that Adrian burst. And then that's what I'm saying. You'll see the flashes. It's not like he's just getting zero yards every run. Right. Pop one. So seven games. I'm, I'm, curi- I'm curious what like, number of seven games, games, five starts, 85 carries. So about 10. Yep. Yep. Per game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he went. So in, in the opening week against Chicago, he went for 93 yards. And then it goes 41, 75 against the Cardinals, 36, 40, 29, and 7. Yeah. I mean, so he's just ba- he's basically the – for seven yards. He's, a, he's just a guy. He's the definition now of a, a guy, which, if you saw him in his prime, is not doing him justice. No, no. I mean, it's um, – yeah, no, I mean, it's, this is not the Adrian Peterson that we – you know that we uh, we covered for a number of years. That's for damn sure. Exactly. Hey, so what what um, has changed for for you from what you saw in the game against the Packers? Do do you do you see with their schedule too? Do you have a, di- a different opinion of the Vikings now after that win than you did going into that game? You know what's weird, Judd? It's it's perception's so weird when you look at a team, right? And, and the Bill Parcells quote is you are what your record says you are yep. um it, it's 100 true nobody cares you can you can talk yourself into anything but you can look at that seattle game and think man make one stop or if alexander Masson goes five feet to his you know to his right you win that game mm-hmm. they had a last second or you know the tennessee loss if their two-minute offense didn't look like it had never practiced um or if they had you know made one defensive play we're probably looking at the season different, but they are what the record says you are. So, you know, I think a lot of our perception of them is skewed by Atlanta, that loss. Yep. And yeah, and brutal. That one is, was unexplainable that, uh, you know, so I think you see that that came on the heels of, you know, having one loss and then you think, okay, this team is going to win one game the rest of the year. Well, they're too good to win. They're not going to win one game. Right. I mean, they, they had too much talent. Uh, I think Zimmer's, you know, too good a defensive coach to, um, you know, continue to have that that you know one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Now they're still going to struggle because, Judd, I, I asked them just the other day. It's like I don't think I've ever seen an NFL game where a coach had seven rookies on one side of the ball play. I mean, that's and Zimmer's like he laughed. He's like, yeah, I've never seen that. Most teams don't have seven rookies. Yeah, I mean, they, they had seven rookies yep. on defense. So yeah, so I don't know that much has changed in. To me, this team is still going to be kind of a roller coaster because they're going to, you know, it took a historic effort by the running back for them to win, right? Um, yep. 
So I think the defense is still going to have some struggles because of the injuries and absences and um, and because they have so many rookies. Uh, the offense, you know, it's just such a weird game because, it, you know, your quarterback throws 14 passes. But I still think the offense is going to be pretty good because you have some pretty dynamic weapons over there. So, you know, and, and that's the other thing, Judd. Look at the schedule. It's That's exactly, the most important thing. I think you're right. Like Murder's Row coming up here. You know? They can't. They can't win three games because the league stinks. Yeah. Like you can't. You're yeah. you're accidentally. If if the New York Jets, through an act of God, go zero and sixteen, it's the most miraculous thing of all time because the league, for the most part, stinks. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see them getting uh, seven wins now. Six. Right? Yeah, I, I think they can get six. Maybe? Six, yeah. yeah. Six or seven. Yeah. They, they may have another clunker in them. They may have another land in them, for all I know. And it could be against Jacksonville. Who knows? Yeah. And so, but I, I could see him getting a six or seven win. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So here, here's why I, here's why I don't struggle a lot, though, with who that, who they are as a team. Um, because you're correct. If you go back to Tennessee, Seattle, th- those games are incredibly close and could have been won. But the reason I don't struggle a lot with, who they are is because as good a scheme as Mike had for the defense on Sunday, what you're talking about is still true. They're incredibly young. And by the way, to be clear, they picked their path because they are, they are the ones at cornerback who looked at the market and went, nah, we'll pass. And like Chipper, if, if Zim had called you in or had uh, zoomed you in June and said, (laughs) Hey Chip, what do you think at corner? You would have, I think, said, "Okay, Mike." Veteran. Yeah, exactly. You can coach, but dude, you're taking on Gladney and Dantzler and Boyd. Yeah, get a veteran. And they still said no. And so I really do think, to a large degree, this is not about their competition. This is about who they are, and they don't have, you know, at corner. They're banged up right now too, but they're incredibly young, and the offensive line has some components that I do I do believe that they can run block pretty well, but they can't pass protect great. And it also comes down to, and this is why, again, if they had Zoomed me or you in early March and are like, you know what, we need cap relief, we're going to extend Cousins, I think that yeah. both of us would have independently said, do not do that. Yeah. So no, they are I, who they yeah. are. Yeah, and it, it's um... – they, you know, they 100% picked their path on defense. Um, and I think in hindsight, and you, they would, hell, you wouldn't have known this, but if they said, okay, you're not going to have Pierce, Barr, or Daniel Hunter, I think they would have said, let's get a better <laughs> quarterback in here. You know, I mean, that just compounded the problem. But, yeah, I, it, it, everything to me comes back to Cousins, too. And it's just, it's just I would have said, write it out, you know. I mean, let him play this out, see how this goes, and then pick your, you know, your your franchise quarterback uh, next year. I, I would not extend him. Um, and so it'll be interesting. Let's say they finish with six wins. Is that going to be a top 10 pick, top 15? What is it? It's going to be very dicey. It's going to be very dicey. I think it would be top 15. Yeah. So and I do it, think it would. It could fall. it could fall around 10. I think yeah, that's and, realistic. And so you may have to move up to get a quarterback, but, um, you know, if they're in striking position, I think they're going to, you know, Rick's going to have to be aggressive and try to go get a quarterback. I mean, 
I just don't think you can wait till next year. Do you? I mean, I just for a quarterback, no, no, I would I, I not like, wait. I like what like the Packers did. Draft a quarterback, let him sit there for a year to you know learn and watch and do all that, and then turn the reins over the next year. Yeah, you know, I would like like to see Rick. And um, not that the Packers are going to turn the reins over to that kid. I mean, Rogers, you hold on to that, I and mean, he's clearly not slumping. But sure, um, but you know, if it's one year, two years, I mean, that's the whole idea behind it. You know, yeah, and I, I guess my question for Rick is how how are you going to replace the second round pick that you traded to Jacksonville in the Ngakwe trade, which you yeah. probably need to do to make trades. Um, which is which is why I was very pro trying to trade a guy like Rudolph or Riley Reef or Harris at the deadline. I wonder if they did. I wonder if they tried and just couldn't get any takers. I gotta think that they did, right? I think so. If they didn't, and, and, shame on them. Yeah, you know, I don't think that one win should cloud the fact that okay, Reef's not going to be back next year. Harris is not going to be back, so you might as well try to get something uh, in. in so I, I bet they tried and and. Maybe they just couldn't get the, the, you know, what they felt was the right fair value for it. Question for you regarding the offensive line, Chip Scoggins. Mm-hmm. What is your theory about now after seeing him sort of struggle in his first game, but he was playing a new position and he was damn good on Sunday? Why didn't Ezra Cleveland just play in week one? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You're, re- you're young. I understand not putting a guy out there if you don't feel like he's ready, um, whether scheme wise or whatever. But did he? Make That's Pat Elfline, that? Chip. That's Pat, he he's not ready that? either. I mean, let's be honest. Did he make that much improvement in practice in five weeks? No. That you I, so especially when you see um, how much uh, Sami was struggling. I mean, you know, the the Seattle game was just atrocious, um, and so. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they were just trying to protect him a little bit. They felt like he wasn't ready, and then it got so bad. We're like, well, heck, you, get in there and, and learn on the job. But I, you I just said it yourself, Chip. They played Drew Samia. Like, they subjected us to one of the poor kids. I feel bad for him, but yeah. he can't play football. And, and Cleveland looks – if I mean, Cleveland's a left tackle playing right guard, and by game two that he played, he looked damn good. Yeah. yeah Second I mean, round pick. I, I, yeah, his first one, his first outing was shaky, obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't notice him in any in a bad way, like we were noticing, you know, uh, Samia um, previously. So I mean, I think he's, I, I think we've seen some pretty good improvement from him. So yeah, it's it's, I think I would have done the same thing like I did with those cornerbacks and just like you know what, I don't say it's a loss here. But it's just, it's going to be a, we're just going to throw you in there and see how you do, and you're going to be better for it. You just hit the the best point about this. So at cornerback, you basically are like, all right, guys, go to it. And we're all saying, are you sure? And then Cleveland, who, by the way, again, a second round pick. So it's not like he he was a a late draft pick. He doesn't get in, and now he's playing right guard. And, And I really, I really thought trade Reef now and switch. Cleveland and get get him reps as soon as possible at left tackle. So it's sort of like the Vikings are 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 hypocritical too as far as what they do um, because with the way the Cleveland played by the Packers game, yeah. there is no compelling case not to allow him to learn as well. You know what I would have done though, Judd, and, and this is probably hypocritical, and you may disagree. If they would have traded um, Reef, I would have played Rashad Hill at tackle and kept Cleveland at guard for the rest of the year. Really? 
Mm-hmm. See, I want Cleveland, if he is your left tackle, I want him to get those reps as soon as possible because that position is so important. It is, but I just think um, let him keep doing what and, – and, and then I would switch to next year. You know, obviously that's what you, you draft him because you think he's your left tackle. But I, right. I think I would have just left him. as like, you know, he's, he's doing good here. He's a veteran. Let's just put him in there. If you, if you put Cleveland out there and it, and it goes horribly <laughs> – now you're now you have a problem, you know. There, I don't think there'd be any need to brush him into that. So, um, but uh, you know, move point because they didn't trade him. But right. um, yeah, I I, I I like the way that you know I like the, the way the line played, you know, against Green Bay. Now, granted, they only threw 14 passes, so it wasn't like they were in pass protection a lot. Uh, and I do think they have some athletic guys that, that that scheme fits in terms of the run game. I guarantee you Zim got done with that game and said, this is how I want to do it. I guarantee <laughs> I don't care how implausible that might be. Um, I, re- I really do think that there's a chance that, that um, after the Falcons debacle during the bye week, Mike said to himself, I don't want eight to lose us games. <laughs> like anyone else can lose us games, just not eight. So you think you think Zim will buy the, those huge industrial fans and turn them on so the wind? Yes, <laughs> anything like he has to do. Thousand an hours, so he has, so they can't pass. I, he, he did miss every game. So that's like Kubiak called a great game. Yep. So he wants thirty-five mile an hour winds every game, so they can just run it. Uh, you know. 50 times a game or whatever. I will give the Vikings a significant sum if I can get a closed circuit hookup of the actual discussions between <laughs> Z, uh, Spielman and Zim about the quarterback. I think those discussions would be so intriguing because I do, I do think Mike is t- to the point now of I need to win games. And I, yeah. and, and I do think in Mike's mind, he thinks I can manipulate the game plan so that I can put us in a position to be successful Unfortunately for Cousins and Spielman, that is a, basically a circa 1986 game plan. Yeah. So I do. I if Kirk throws the ball 15 times against Detroit, it's well, that, going to become really intriguing to watch how this plays out. That was my question to you, Joe. Over under 22 pass attempts for Cousins on Sunday. Under. They just won by a lot, and Dalvin is going to be used unless Dalvin gets hurt. If Dalvin, if Dalvin finishes the game, you're saying under. I'm saying under if Dalvin can play. And da- and da- I'm going to say over. I'm going to say like 23 to 24. Okay, so not, not a high one. We'll, we'll have a we'll have a coke bet on that. One. Keep in mind, keep in mind too. Before he got hurt in the third quarter against uh, the Seahawks, Dalvin touches wise was tracking towards like 35. Mm-hmm. So I do I do think the game plan is basically to take Kirk out of the game as much as possible by the coach, <laughs> and I'm not surprised by it. it. It's how he operates. He doesn't like quarterbacks. That is like thirty billion. Whatever they paying him. I know what because, but that's not Mike's choice. <laughs> thirty million dollar quarterback out of the game because Rick because Rick <laughs> desperately wanted to basically say I solved the problem, right? Oh my gosh! And and Mike, I think Mike says. I mean, Mike. Aside from Teddy. Name me a quarterback since you have covered Zimmer. Name me a quarterback who you think he's really liked. He liked Teddy for sure. Loved him. But loved Teddy. Um, he couldn't stand Keenum. No horseshoe. <laughs> the horseshoe up his behind. So that lucky Keenum was getting. No, I mean Teddy obviously was his his guy. Bradford he tolerated, but but keep in mind too. So so Bradford played 2016, correct? Mm-hmm. And they thought that, that he was going to come back and be healthy in 17. Now, he was not. 
But keep in mind, there's that story of Mike actually flew, I think, to meet Bradford in his sure. hometown to yeah. go out and eat, which basically means that Sam was pr- probably like, why do you hate me? <laughs> it's one quarterback he liked. <laughs> Imagine that dinner, the icebreaker. So, Mike, why do you hate me? <laughs> oh, and Bradford, flatline guy, I bet he's just I like, know. so I yeah. know you can't stand me. And Mike's like, you're right. I can't stand you. Your only option at this point. But I hate all quarterbacks. <laughs> hey, uh, b- before we get done, we got to do it. We got to talk about it. Um, yeah, it was it was That's atrocious. You it's actually, the best part is you actually DVR'd it and watched it because you are yeah. because you are a true professional. Go for football. Um, the floor is yours, Chip. Just go ahead. Yeah, it was. We knew it was going to be some growing pains, right? On defense, we I mean you lose. What, seven starters, four to the NFL. No one thought they were going to be a finished product game one. Um, even game two, but goodness gracious, come on. I mean, that was – that's as bad as uh, Illinois 2000 and whatever. The, 18. 18. And Nebraska. It's worse, yeah, actually, I think, yardage-wise. Maryland fumbled at the one-foot line. They had uh, basically 10 penalties, and they still almost – had 700 yards of offense and 45 points. I mean, it was the number of big plays they're giving up is uh, it's almost unfathomable. Uh, I looked up some, you know, the 30 yard runs. They've already given up more 30 yard runs this year in two games than they did in 13 games last year. Um, <laughs> PJ said this week they're in the right places. The scheme's good. They're just not tackling. I, mean, I know he's trying to protect his, his defense coordinator, who, by the way, this is Thursday. We found out that Joe Rossi's uh, sideline with COVID. He tested positive for COVID um, this week, so he won't be there Saturday. Um, but, yeah, it is. It, to me, just watching Joe, they looked out of position. They looked slow. They looked like they yes. really were, you know, just they were taking bad angles. So, I, I don't know. I mean, they got they need to make dramatic improvement, or the the offense is going to feel like they have to score fifty points a game to win. <laughs> do you think how how much improvement do you think is possible with how bad they've looked? Well, defensively, you know, he keeps talking about how young and inexperienced they are, and they are at linebacker. They're not young and inexperienced in the secondary, and those guys aren't playing well either. They're inexperienced along the defense line, but they're not young. I mean, they had some some older guys there, um, so I thought after that, you know, I said to you that you know last week or whatever it was, okay, you're not going to be playing Michigan every week. So Michigan has better athletes, and you know, there's something that you just have to deal with. Um, but Maryland, I mean, that team scored three points against Northwestern in in week one, and so I, I don't know, Joe. I mean, I don't I mean. It just looks so discombobulated. I mean, I, I think that they'll get better, but, I mean, dramatically better? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just looks like, um, it looks like athletically, to your point, that they are slow, which I don't know if you can fix slow. No. And I, I know that they lost, uh, what, at least four guys who were drafted, so replacing them was not going to be simple. But, I mean... I just don't know if there is a room. There, there is definitely room to be better than this. To be yeah. fair, I don't know if it can be turned around in what the next if they play them seven games or so. That's yeah, the problem. Well, that's the thing. And, you know, some of the slowness might be just 
guys are unsure. Like if you're a young player and you're not sure where I'm going, you, you might be thinking too much. So, you, I mean, I think that some of it is just like you watch him run, you're like, God, that guy just doesn't seem as fast as the Michigan players or the Mar- you know. Right. Um, so, but no, I mean, are they going to jump up, you know, start holding teams at 350 yards a game? I don't know. I mean. And like you said, you know, Maryland. I mean, I – Michigan, I didn't love, but I also said, well, I mean, you know, they could be, they could be this, they could be that. But Maryland, I know, and and you know, I would say we get a better read this week, but you know, Illinois without their quarterback, um, their starting quarterbacks in the COVID uh, uh, on the COVID list, and so you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, part of the problem is just the big run. I mean, when you're giving up, you know, thirty yard rushes like. You know, they've already had five in two games. I mean, it's just yep. it's crazy. Um, so we'll see if they can fix that. Um, but it, you know, the Big Ten, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Look at Wisconsin, Judd. One more canceled game, and they can't play for the Big Ten title. They might not I mean, get done, too. And, and yeah, you're they right. Have 20, you know, 25 or whatever the number is. This week, are they going to be in position to play next week? And so, if they, you know, you get you have to play six, and they've already down, they're already down two, so they only have one more that they can postpone. So it's um, this where this season just going to be so weird, you know. I'm sure there's going to be postponements every week. Oh know, yeah, because it's just it's just happening, you know. Yeah, I I think if if the Gophers defense gets waxed again Saturday, Chipper, I think if I'm Rashad Bateman, I might say, you know, PJ, I came back and it was a lot of fun and this was great. But I'm gone again. Yeah, I don't think he'll do that. I mean, I I, I would be surprised. Um, I I do think he loves his teammates and loves the program. I mean, if you're not winning, I mean, he doesn't love losing, obviously. But right, I I don't. I think that might look. I I would be surprised if he did. You know what I love? If I'm him, the NFL. Yeah, that's right. I love yeah. that paycheck that I'm going to get, and and. Uh, and I would say, you know, it's been a lot of fun, but my God, you can't stop anybody. And I am playing defense, so I'll see you later. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, that's the thing about this, Judd. This is year four. You know, I know. year one or two, so it's, it's your recruits, your system that's been in place for four years. And, and, and I know the Gophers are not in a place like some of the Blue Bloods where you're like, all right, we lose four guys to the NFL, we're just going to reload. And, you know, right. next, I mean, it, they're not at that point. I mean, I think PJ's recruited well, and his, his, his you know the recruiting class he has now that's coming next year. I think is the one that everybody's kind of excited about. But I didn't think it'd be this bad, to be honest with you. Well, and just tackle people. Yeah, like and it's it's said. fundamental things. Yeah, and and that's what he pointed at all. He said guys are in position to make plays are just not tackling. And there is definitely some of that, but I don't know that that's a hundred percent of the problem. Yeah. All right, sir. Thanks, Chip Scoggins. I will talk to you next week. Okay, buddy. All right, brother. We'll see you. All right, take care. Conduits of Troubles, Olgad and Scoggins. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.